Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. And Dr. Dyer joins us from Hawaii. And how are things over there, Dr. Dyer? Are you doing okay? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. It's uh, Monday morning over here in Maui. <laughs> what and, else can uh, you say about Monday, right? <laughs> right. And I just had a two-hour massage with Dee, so that was... Uh, You're relaxed. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do that at least twice a week now. And it's, uh, I find that that's, uh, you know, one of the great uh, experiences. <laughs> Good advice. Me. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it does. it's more than just relaxing of the muscles and so on. I just think there's, uh, there's something about massage that... Uh, just gets the energy going right in, in your body. Um, we used to talk about Bob Hope. Remember the Bob Hope? He used to get a massage every single day. He lived to be 100. So I guess it, <laughs> He it, was on to something, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But it moves the chi around, certainly. And it just sort of reinvigorates you. And it also, I think, gets the, gets the blood going in your body so that your mind starts working. You know? Sure. It pushes out toxins. It's great. I mean, and even just to give yourself that little... That respite, you know, that little treat. I mean, I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we don't rest and it's it's important. You know, we're certainly not yeah. sleeping. I mean, I think people are more sleep deprived now than ever. So just to give yourself that time is great. Yeah. So that's uh, one of the things I've also been rereading my I've got the finished uh, copy of Wishes Fulfilled, which will be out in the early next spring and um, also getting preparing to uh, Think about how I'm going to present this to a public television audience, which I'm recording in October in uh, in San Diego. So I've been just, uh, this is the first book that I've ever written that I um, I, I read for pleasure um, rather than read for, uh, you know, uh, editorial purposes and uh, seeing if it's, if it's it all fits together right and, and so on. I just, I just set it down in front of me, uh, a place where I sit in my living room. And I read four or five pages a day uh, and just try to just take it in and, and what what it all means. And I'm thinking about the reader as I do it and uh, applying this. And I've been going through this whole concept of uh, the higher self and the highest self and the idea that we are all God, that we all have, uh, we're all connected to this uh, divine source. And that everything, every thought that we think is really a thought of God when it's aligned, you know, with love and, and purpose and uh, and kindness and so on so just thinking in those kinds of ways and and trying to put it out on on public television so it doesn't appear to be a religious talk yet alone yet uh you know because pbs has some government funding and so on and that separation business so that's what i've been thinking about and making it making it all come together in one great package because basically it's um taking these uh these five principles uh, that neville uh talked about in his uh, in his work the power of our imagination and living from the end and assuming a feeling of a wish fulfilled within ourselves how we pay attention and and also what we do the last five minutes of our of our day to program our, our subconscious mind and um, it's really I'm just I'm just loving this book it's uh, I mean I really I look at all my books sort of like my children you know I, I don't love one of them any more than the other uh, I love them all for the uniqueness that they are but this book gives me just great pleasure to uh, to read because I think that uh, I think a lot of people out there uh, 
when they look at the content of this and when they see the public television special and when they hear some of the, the tapes are going to be able to just take it right from there and begin to apply it. I was talking to Reed this morning, right there, your president of your, of, of Hay House and one of my, my best friends, and he was saying, you know, because I, I, I talk about the I am's a lot, you know, that I am is the name of God. And he said, uh, he said, I don't know about other people. He said, but I use it every day. He said, I apply it, and I just put into my consciousness, I am, uh, and and I say it over and over again, and I assume uh, the feeling of that uh, in my body. And he said, and it works. He said, it's been working for me in all kinds of ways. So um, if it can work for him, it can work for Yeah, anyone. I have to ask uh, Reed about that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's great. Well, I think people are going to be very excited to get this book. I know we've had a lot of a lot of interest, some calls and emails, and, mm. you know, the taping here are just sold out. I don't know. I might have to use some influence and say, Reed, you know, can you hook me up <laughs> for this? <laughs> yeah, for the, the PBS taping. I'm looking forward to it. And I think that uh, the message is really going to be welcome. You know, people want to know that you're kind of putting the power back back in their hands and that people can attract what they want in, into their life and the you hardest know, especially thing for now, people, it's so important. The hardest thing it's 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 for for us, for all of us, is this idea of uh, ignoring what the senses tell us. You know, because uh, we go through our days, we go through our life, and we uh, um, we pay attention to what we what we see and what we touch and what we feel and what we smell, and uh, and 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 that becomes our reality. And we think that that's the only reality that there is. If I can touch it, if I can see it, if I can grab a hold of it, if I can smell it. Um, then that makes it real, and if I can't, um, then it then it's unreal. And uh, what this is really about is, is is understanding the power of our imagination, so that when we put an I am, I mean, let's just say you've got uh, uh, you know, you've got a cold or you've got a flu or something like that, and and if you're saying putting into your imagination I am well, uh, I, I you know I am perfect health, I am well. But uh, you watch your nose, and it sneezes, and, it, and it's running, and you got a fever, and you know you're tired, and all of that. Um, the the concept of being able to say I am well and living from that place in your imagination, um, uh, it, it's like it's so foreign to us because we're just so convinced that what our senses tell us is the only reality that there is. And what this is really all about is being able to live from the end and put it into your uh, imagination. And regardless of what your senses tell you, regardless of what it says on the Internet, regardless of what information is uh, people are sending to you, regardless of what it says on TV or articles that you read or whatever, whatever it is, whatever I am you would like to have, including I am prosperous, you know, I am abundant, you know, um, uh, and you look at your bank book and you say there's nothing in it, and, you know, and I've got bills and, and how can I go around saying I am prosperous when these are all the, but um, it's it's being able to place into your imagination that I am reali realizing that the words I am really are the name of God and to say I am prosperous rather than I will be because to say I will be prosperous or I will be healthy means to say that I am, I don't have that now and I don't, you know, and it's something that maybe will come in the future. And until you can assume a feeling of something in your imagination and just live with it, regardless of what all of the other physical evidence says, because basically what we learn is that um, the physical world is just an illusion, that it's, it's what's in our imagination that is the real, uh, you know, the real truth. And uh, that's just such a hard one for all of us, including me. It, um, it really is. 
Yeah, but I've been practicing it, uh, you know, and I've done it so many times in my life, um, uh, you know, b- being able to say, I, you know, like I, I always give the example of when I'm writing a book, I have a, I have the jacket of the book uh, already made in advance, long before I ever write the first word. And I wrap it around another book, and I, it's right in my writing space. And every day I, I, I already say that, that, that this is already complete, you know, because I'm looking at a com- so all I have to do now is just allow it to all flow through me. And that's getting into that place of allowing and beginning to, to uh, forget about, you know, what the physical world is, what all of your past experience has told you, what, what your whole history has told you, letting go of all of that and, and, and to be able to say, you know, I am well, I am happy, I am content. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Joel, there's a wonderful line that says, let the weak man say, I am strong. And being able to say, you know, say it and and feel it and know it, and then uh, th- and then you begin to align with the universal force that brings it brings it into uh, into being. So uh, it's it's the power of of our thoughts and the power of our imagination that uh, I really want to have people begin to uh, to see what they can do with it, rather right. than uh, could be a great than, point of change. You know what's hard for me sometimes to to get around is, you know, I've heard you talk about that we're all a piece of God and we come from a divine mm-hmm. source. And, and I really want to believe that. And, and just looking at it, sometimes it's hard to believe humans are divine. Mm. It really is. You know, <laughs> when you look at what's going on around the world and, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Syria and Libya and people are starving in Somalia and when there's so much abundance in other places, you know, why can't there just be enough for everyone? And sometimes I just you get overwhelmed. Yeah, it's uh, it's because uh, there's so many places in the world where people have uh, have forgotten, you know, that uh, you know that we're we're all about love. When when you know there's uh, this whole idea of uh, of being being pieces of you know pieces pieces of God is it it isn't just exclusive to those people who are living here in the United States or whatever. It's like it's it's having an awareness that reaching out and serving and and, and being able to help other people is is part of our it's it's our it's what Lao Tzu called our original nature, and uh, when enough of us begin to do this, uh, we won't allow for starvation. We won't allow. We'll, we'll stop. We'll stop making weapons. You know, I mean, we, we you know stop focusing our attention on on what we don't like about each other and and how we can kill each other, and we'll put our attention back on uh, what it means to be in in a state of pure love, and. You know, even though, I mean, the, the fact is that for every act of evil in the world, there's like a million acts of kindness, and mm. and basically people's, you know, they just had. Did you see the um, the thing in in uh, Indianapolis where they had that uh, that oh, stage the just stage collapse, collapse and so on? It's yeah. horrible. And and the governor of Indiana, I mean, five people were killed and so on. And this is, you know, this is these kinds of things happen. I mean, it was uh, nobody's fault. It's just a you know big windstorm came along and this thing. Came. But the governor got up there and just noticed um, how uh, everybody in, in the crowd w- was, re- you know, risking their own lives to to, to save, uh, you know, strangers. You know, they were holding things up and, uh, and you know, reaching in there when they, they could have been jeopardized their life. And, and he was touched by that. And that's 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 my prominent memory of, of 9-11, which will have its 10-year anniversary in another couple of weeks, is... Uh, how people were rushing in to serve and rushing in to help, and people were getting into their, uh, you know, 
fire trucks in Iowa and driving them to New York just to be of service to people that are basic instinctive nature. All of us, whether we're here in the United States, whether we're in Libya, wherever it is, our basic uh, nature is to serve each other, to care about each other, to reach out to each other. Uh, and we've over, we've, we've let that, I don't know, we've, we've sort of let that, uh, slide in the name of, uh, in the name of winning, in the name of being right, in the name of, of killing and so on. And it's, um, it's the, it's the hardest thing for highly spiritual people to understand. It's, um, I've always said for me that the thing that is the great mystery that I will take to my grave, uh, is man's inhumanity to man. It just doesn't ever make sense to me that we would, uh, that we we would do things to to harm each other that we would and i mean in in all levels i i, I don't understand companies banks airlines and so on doing things to um uh to be abusive towards their customers i don't understand pharmaceutical industry i just saw a, a big story in the paper yesterday about the fda won't they've studied uh, oxycontin now for 12 years 12 years they've done studies and they said it's the second most abused drug in the in the United States and how many people are dying from it how many people are committing suicide and how many in, in uh, emergency rooms uh, are filled all the emergency room doctors in the country are asking them to please recategorize this drug to something called category 2 schedule 2 so that it isn't it isn't so available that people aren't prescribing it so much because there's so many deaths associated with it and so much addiction uh, around it and yet um, the FDA simply, they won't do it because, because they're in bed with the pharmaceutical industry and the lobbyists. And, you know, that will cost them money to, to reschedule that and to not make it so available. That, to me, that's man's inhumanity to man. That's no different than uh, what's going on in Syria to me. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, people dying because they're overdosing on pills because we won't restrict them is, to me, no different than... Uh, people picking up guns and shooting at each other in the streets. Uh, it's our inhumanity to man. It's our, our inability to find the kindness within ourselves and, and know that that's, that's the God within all of us. And basically, that's our, that's, our, that's our nature. That's what we were born with. That's what we came from. You know, wherever we were born, whether we were born as a Taliban little baby, we were still born with love in our hearts. That's where we were. And all the rest of that is the training and I guess that's what my life mission is about, reading Anita's book, Anita Morjani's uh, book, Dying to Be Me, which I'm writing, writing I just wrote the foreword to. Uh, that's what she learned when she was in that uh, near-death experience. It's like, come back and just be an instrument of love. Be an instrument of love. That's what, that's what everybody learns when they go to the synagogue or when they go to the, mos the mosque or when they go to the church and, and, on holy days. And, uh, and then they go out and... and, and don't practice it. If enough of us practice it, I still believe that, I guess, even at age 71, that, that I can still make that kind of a difference in the world to, to teach people to find that love in their heart and extend it and just keep practicing it. And I've, I've quoted many times the Dalai Lama who said that if we could take every child uh, at the age of five uh, and have them just meditate for one hour a week on compassion, that we could end all violence on the planet in one generation. You know, just by taking young children and teaching them to think compassion rather than to think competition and winning and being better than. Right. That's so true. Well, yeah. I try to think about that whenever I hear of a horrible thing like Osama bin Laden or a child molester. I always I try to think, well, that person was once an innocent, mm. loving baby, like you, like you said, and whatever happened to them after that. 
Yes, that's, what was, uh, and that's where we have to find. We have to be able to find that. That's the importance of forgiveness and and loving our enemies and loving people that uh, we think are uh, are different than us. Uh, just becoming instruments of love. You know, you know. It's like uh, Jesus's word in the New Testament in the Book of John: "God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in me, and I in him." All you have to do to know that you are God is to be in a state of love. And whenever you're in it, you are God. Whenever you're out of it, you've let, you've edged God out. And that's the ego, E-G-O, edging God out. I always wonder what's happening uh, back home in Florida. So let's go to Florida to Delray Beach, line two, and Lori. And Lori, welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Dyer today. You must have heard me I, when you said, who should I call, pick? I was like, me, 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 me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Lori? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Okay. I have a question about a married You're very close to all my kids. They're all right around you. You guys got a Hurricane Irene heading your way or something, they tell me. Is that right? Oh, I didn't hear about that. Is that a new one? Yeah, that's supposed to be there Thursday, so you better start worrying now. I better start watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> worry, worry, worry. Come on, get some stress going there, so you, you know, and then maybe you'll change the course of that thing. <laughs> Okay, well, my question is, I'm married for 15 years, and I think it's time that I need to leave my husband. And I have a lot of guilt, and I Mm -hmm. feel like a horrible person for doing that. And especially that I've been following you for so long, and I'm very spiritual, and I guess I was able to connect with him in a very spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't feel right to do, but like intellectually, I know I have to. He's very because... like, verbally abusive, controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a seven-year-old son, and he's very, um, yeah, I'm controlling with him, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm really confused. I know that you're going to have something wonderful to say, I think, I hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does, um, th- are there, are there dr- uh, dr- drinking or drugs involved in any of this? Is there? No, no. Mm-mm. No. With him, so... no, no, no. Well, what what caused that? I mean, because there was a time when you were very much in love, and um, and you connected on a spiritual basis. What what took what took place? What uh, what went on there? Um, I think when we connected, I was able to ignore his controlling behaviors because, like I said, I'm very spiritual, so I kind of let it go. I didn't argue, and then when when I guess when we had our child. It's a little bit harder to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So I had a, I changed because I'm more in the protective mode. But right. before my child came, I was in the protective mode with him. Mm-hmm. I kind of took like the mother role. Yeah. What, what is the, what is the uh, you know, like what's the hardest thing about being with him? But that I can't be myself. Mm. And, and what would being yourself be? How, how would that look? I would have my opinions. I wouldn't have to worry about him exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be a good mom like I want to be. I think he feels very jealous over that. Mm. What do you think's going on in him that he explodes when you are yourself? Well, that's the problem. I think that um, he feels threatened. I think he's very insecure, and uh, even though he shows that he's very intelligent and very secure but i think underneath that i see that insecurity and i feel bad for him Mm -hmm. 
Well, um, it's hard to, you know, this is, this. I think, are you seeing a therapist? Are you seeing a counselor of any kind? Have you talked you know, about I've this? Been, well, yeah, I've been seeing her for so long, and she kind of, like, never gave her opinion before. But now, you know, she knows him, too, and now she's, she's at the point where she tells me that it's abusive. She's not supposed mm-hmm. to give her opinion, but she does say that it's abusive for me and my son. And, you know, especially for my son, I need to get out. It's verbal yeah. abuse. Yeah. Is what she says. So, I know I, that's what I mean. Intellectually, I know. Mm-hmm. But I feel very guilty, and I don't know if my guilt stems from being fearful because I always worked part-time when I was married to him. But the other thing is is that I've grown so much with your work, and then as soon as I met him, it all stopped. You know, it just mm-hmm. won't. Yeah. Um, the, um, have you made up your mind that, that, that this is what you're going to do? I mean, that you that you don't – because there's, made there's up really – I mean, you have. Yeah, but I can't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what has kept like I, you? Yeah. What's kept you from What's kept you from making that move? I'm scared and I feel guilty. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how he's going to react. Have you ever mentioned it to him? That I want to leave. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have. Yeah, we spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he even agrees with it that we don't get along well. And then when I actually you know, you know, start with the plans to do it, then he breaks down and he wants one more chance and he's going to change. And Are you seeing someone else? No. <laughs> no. You sure? Yeah, positive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he? No. Mm-mm. No. Well, I mean, the the you know, the guilt and the first of all, I don't think anybody needs to be in a relationship and to be abused in any way, to to be yelled at, to be you know, to be verbally assaulted in any way. Is he physically abusive at all? One time, he kind of jumped on me. Was when I think it was like when I gave my opinion. See, he it's, he gets very threatened when I give my opinion. So mm-hmm. I've learned to not give it, just, yeah. just knowing that he can't accept it. So now that I'm starting to give it more, he gets more. I think possibly he could turn to that because he does get very angry. Mm-hmm. So one time he jumped on me, but that was that was only one time. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my son. Right. Um, so if you separate, will you take your son with you? Of course, well, I want to. Of course. Yeah. 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 And will he will he co- cooperate with that? I don't know. Mm, okay, so you're really I mean, in a quandary, and, and you're thinking about this a lot. And see, all here's, the time. Oh. yeah, yeah. This is what I think. It's like um, when something is so predominant in your life that you can hardly think about anything else. It probably fills you. You, you probably even dream about it, and uh, you know, your your days are always filled with what's this going to be like? How is this? You know, and and almost always the 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 fear inside is is way way worse than the actual reality um and and if this is something you've talked to a therapist about and you've made up your mind about and you just know that then you can just go go on what i would recommend is you go on a trial separation you know regardless of whether he says he's going to change or whatever just just work out the details of a trial separation but try to do it with kindness try to do it in your in your heart with love and just let him know that like this is uh you know at this time in our lives this is you know I'm not happy. You're not happy. Um, you know, and very often a trial separation will will 
one way or another, um, bring about the, the, the kind of uh, kind of result that you're looking for, you know, and that's uh, because it, it's your guilt and your worry and your fear. I mean, that's that's going to be deleterious to your health. You're going to start feeling you're going to start getting sick. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, think, no, I'm starting thinking, already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll you'll start. Uh, you know, your body, your body will start breaking down. Just, you know, become more stressful. The thoughts of, of all of this. You, you know, your immune system becomes affected, and all of this. And uh, and you know, you don't have you know that just doesn't have to be the way it is. Um, right. I would just uh, I would take the steps to do that. If uh, if you're if it's now just verbal abuse, it's gonna and occasionally gets a little bit physical. Ultimately, uh, you're you're heading for some kind of a disaster. That, and I keep thinking about your little boy and what what is mm-hmm. you know what how is he being torn in, in the midst of all of this? And right. I can remember, That's- yeah. And you know, I did. I've done a lot of a lot of marriage counseling, a lot of marriage therapy, my, and, and even in my own life, uh, and and, and that, that whole fear of uh, uh, you know feeling guilty about it and leaving and should I or shouldn't I but if in your absolutely knowing in your heart that this is not where you belong and you absolutely mm-hmm. are convinced of this and you're sure then the, the the thing to eliminate all of this stress and anxiety is to take that step just to, to take the step and uh, make it happen take whatever uh, whatever steps it's going to take for you to uh, you know get yourself a place or move in with your mother or whatever it is that you're going to do uh, however, you're going to handle that, and just take each time you take one of those steps, you're going to be, <sighs> you're going to take such a such a pressure off of yourself, and the fact of you doing this might, in fact, uh, help your husband to come around and realize that uh, his behavior is just no longer acceptable. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.